Hello, adventurers, and welcome to the Save by the Roll podcast. My name is Keegan, one half love two gamers, and uh, this is going to be a behind the scenes of our Save by the Roll, uh, which is our D and D campaign. I have with me on, well, I don't know where he's going to be technically on the video, but I'm going to say my left right now on my screen is the lovely Tim. How you doing tonight, Tim? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, other than the fact that I said we were going to start at a different time than we started, you know, I can't <laughs> tell time. Digital digital clocks are hard. Um, next to him, to his, I guess his left, my right, uh, and if it's not like this in post, oh well, uh, is David. How you doing, David? <laughs> I'm doing well. That's good. We were just playing Overwatch right before this, and I was like, oh, we gotta go, and then we <laughs> didn't. Uh, and last but not least, joining us tonight is, uh, is the lovely Bertrand. So, how you doing, Bertrand? I'm doing wonderful. That's good to hear. So, the first thing, first thing I want to go over with you guys is... I want to talk about, and David, this kind of leaves you out a little bit, you know, because you don't have a character. But I want you guys to talk about a little bit why you chose the character, what character you chose, if somebody hasn't watched it yet. Which, if you're watching this, I recommend you go watch Session Zero first, or Session One first, um, and understand what's going on. But why did you choose the race and character you did? And uh, just give a little bit of background on your decision making into making them the way they are. Uh, let's start with Tim. Tim, you go first. Yeah, well, uh, the the character I'm using is Kosif. Um, I don't know if it came up during the um, campaign or during the adventure, but he actually has the moniker Kosif the Penitent, um, which is his his um, paladin name. So I've never played as a paladin before. Um, I've got a lot of love for the cleric class, so this felt like a kind of a tankier cleric, um, and that that really appealed to me as a class. Uh, something that I really like about the D and D world too um, is how much uh, religion is is in there. I think religion and fantasy is just a huge part of the uh, of the thing. So um, to have a character that has this devotion to uh, some type of deity is just a real appeal to me. I don't know why. I just think that's pretty cool. That's cool. Um, and it's interesting because yeah. both you and Nate, who's not with us, uh, serve I guess the same god, honor the same god. Sir- <laughs> Saren Ray, yes, uh, um, and you know, uh, honestly, that's probably because it was recommended to us by David. Uh, I was originally going with a different god, and then he, after I shared my backstory with him, which I'm I'm not going to share that with yeah. you here exactly because we want that to come out through the campaign. But yeah. after I shared some of my backstory, he said, "Hey, you need to check out Saren Ray. This is going to be great." Um, uh, as far as how your character looks, how your backstory worked out, kind of what your what your deal is. And um, and then I think it also works for the campaign that we're doing too next when we're going to do the the Strahd campaign. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that that particular goddess that we serve kind of uh, we were kind of prompted there, but then once I read it, I was like, oh no, yeah, this fits. This is perfect. This will be sense. great. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Bertrand? Why did you why did you become become the lovely uh, devil devilish looking person you are? And that's not a handsome thing. That's you look like the devil. No, oh, Toby, 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 Toby. Um, I, uh, I, I, I wanted to play off of the um, this kind of the archetype of the, uh, and it's a little obvious in some of my portrayal, but like the, the, the Jack Sparrow, Han Solo, kind of swarmy, lovable asshole. That was kind of my mm-hmm. the, charming, but still definitely very neutral character and uh given um given a, a, the 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 session we're going to be going into into the land 
that we're going to be going into. The land down under. <laughs> the land down under. <laughs> um, I thought it would be very interesting to bring in a tiefling into that world because it is it is something that's you know like we were talking about pre stream. Kind of heard David mentioning it is that uh, e- even in the normal land like the in the session zero you saw how people handled me and it was I think it brings up a lot of fun character moments to to show even even racism inside of a of a D and D world mm-hmm. even if it's slight yeah uh, Bard why would you why Bard no that's just that's just my personal glory. <laughs> I don't know if let's, you know this, but Bertrand likes to play music. Yeah, let's be real. I I, uh, I, I wanted to do something fun, musical, and um, and I've never seen a bard played in a campaign yet, and it just seems like a. a, a I think about that in some of the role playing games we play. Whether you know I played World of Warcraft for ages and ages and ages, or ESO, or just about anything and the bard character doesn't appear very often when it does in game like um i think it was final fantasy 14 they they introduced a bard at some point i could be completely wrong but i feel like there was a bard character i stopped playing final fantasy 14 at that point but it creates a, a unique they're not quite a cleric and they're not really a wizard they're they're a support class and the way that my character's personality was as I was crafting him and creating a backstory for him, it felt right. It felt right to be a bard. It didn't feel right to be some, you know, ice-based wizard or fire-based or even to get too specific into those options. It just, it was a natural, like, okay, this feels like it's him. Yeah. Like, that's who he would end up being, given his circumstances. Good old Kime, the devilish, handsome man that he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, well i think it's i think it's cool that you're doing the bard thing i've i've also never done um any rpg where wasn't either a rogue a tank or a you know um healer you know yeah, like one you, of the yeah, standard three yeah yeah exactly um and so kind of getting more into D fifth edition and seeing that and then seeing how you're playing the character it's really cool i really um it's kind of changed my opinion. You know, I, I always think of the uh, scene in um, uh, that Darkness Rising movie where the, where the guy who usually plays a warrior decides to be a bard and he just can't do it because he's used to just running in and hacking and slashing everything. And so he, he keeps dying and he's got all these character sheets for new bards <laughs> each time. And there's, <laughs> so, so he dies like 20 times in this battle and the, the wizard needs to cast a spell and he needs time to, to cast it. And they're like, hide behind the pile of dead bards. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, like with that was my first experience of uh, seeing a character that was a bard. And I was like, wow, those are pretty useful. You know, but it, it had more to do with how he was playing it than it did the actual thing. So I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I really was glad to hear you were doing the bard thing. And I think that's that's a big point that that they seem from the surface. Uh, anytime I've heard the word bard associated with a video game or D and D, I'm just like, yeah, that's fucking useless. It feels like it. It feels like it's totally a worthless thing to play. 
But then when I started reading some of the spell sheets and looking ahead on like what they can grow into and what some of their options were, I was like, oh, this is totally viable, like beyond viable, like super useful. But it has to be in a party setting. Like if it was just three of us, no way would I be picking a bard. No way. And that's one of the things I like is the amount of people we have. Like I think our party is for the most part well rounded. Um, and we might be adding it. We might be adding another person here. Uh, I don't know if you want to announce it yeah. or not, but there's Boilers. there's another person. There's another person joining us. Uh, uh, we can just wait to see how it all plays cool. out. But she's, there might be she's working person. on it. Yeah, she's working. There on might it, be yeah. somebody else joining us. Um, but no, yeah. if because if you think our party right now, we've got we've got the paladin, we've got the rogue, we got the bard, we got the fighter, and who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Cleric. Cleric. Yeah. I was like, I'm missing one. Cleric. And, like, I know nothing about Dungeons & Dragons. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my thought process behind Tor because this kind of segues into that. Is like, this is my first campaign ever. My first, like, experience with any sort of fantasy in general was Elder Scrolls Online. I did not Dungeons, I did not Dragons, I did not do any of that kind of stuff until I played that game. So a lot of the stuff I base off is based on that game to a certain extent of, like, my knowledge base going back. Uh, and Tim can attest to this. He knew when I first got ESO, and David can too. I was like, I had to learn what a what a tank was. I had to learn what <laughs> a healer. Like I understood kind of the concept, but I didn't know how they how they functioned. So I had to I had to go back and figure that part out. So I had to learn that side of things along with you know learning how to play my character itself. But with Torb specifically, one of the things I kind of wanted to do, being my first campaign, is I didn't want to like overcomplicate my character. I didn't want to become too confused. So I did somebody who doesn't have magic abilities because I wanted to focus on the RP and the the ability to just like hit shit and to, and but I do like the fact that like my superiority dice kind of feel like an extra step as of right now and I looked through the progression of what was going on. Um, initially, Torbjorn was supposed to be a paladin. Uh, my oh. my session zero, he was a paladin initially, and I it just didn't feel right for the way I was playing him. Uh, Bertrand was there during my session zero. Obviously, David was because he ran it. And I was the same Torbjorn I am now, but a drunken paladin doesn't make sense as much as a drunken fighter or a dwarf. So yeah. I knew I knew personality what I wanted, and it was just a matter of how I was going to play and whether because we also talked about Barry and all this kind of stuff. But I wanted something that was simplistic to play, um, and the dwarf just made sense when I was looking up like combinations of things. And who doesn't love a little man that can think he can hit really hard? It's just great. There's just something about that. I picture again whenever I see him run, I picture him just like waddling back and forth, just like scurrying along. <laughs> That's how I picture him running in my head. Um, but yeah, I I was excited. I was very once level three when then like the big thing opens up for all of us. I think that's kind of the first section where you get a lot of cool shit. When I had the decision of what I was going to do, whether it was going to be a battle master, which is one I chose, or the other two. Like I was like, oh shit! The, like this isn't just a straightforward. You're gonna hit everything. There is finesse to this character, and obviously there's finesse within the party and all that kind of stuff that you got to deal with. And I do like that. Uh, I'm kind of like an off tank. I feel like with uh, with Tim. Tim probably will be the front line a lot of it, but I I feel like I'm well unless I'm hiding in a tree. Uh, I'm there to support. <laughs> yeah, with your armor off. <laughs> yeah, there to support him. Uh, be on the front lines, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, but. Yeah, that, that AC doesn't work if you're not wearing the armor, man. Yeah. So, so fun story. So, we're, I'm gonna get into this because it's it's a fun story. <laughs> that AC. So my AC when I took my armor off. So my AC normally is like 22 when I have everything on. When I took it off, it was 12, and I was like, oh shit, and like I dropped 10 points. But 
it, it, it was, that was partially me being dumb, but it also kind of works out with Torbjorn's backstory, which again, we'll get into as the campaign goes along. Like it fits, it fit kind of beautifully. My own naivety versus what he would actually do kind of worked together. And I talked to David kind of a little bit about that and it it worked or will work hopefully pretty well in the future. So uh, I will tell you derobing because the reason I did that, I told you guys all this, the reason I took my armor off because David's like, we're going to town. I was like, sweet. Let me look like a commoner, so when I get to town, we uh, I don't get looked at funny because I have because I have a I have a common folk or whatever the thing is where I blend in really well. So if I just wear common clothes, I blend in to pretty much anywhere. Uh, so that was my thought process was not to stand out with this group because this is a bunch of ragtag individuals. I didn't know who they were. We kind of looked funny going to this weird town. As Bertrand found out, they don't like funny looking people. Um, now, would you would you say that as a dwarf, people tend to overlook you? Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Well, I was eye level with Bertrand when I was standing on the table. <laughs> I looked him straight in the eye. So, but that's that's a little bit of why Torbjorn. I think again, it was the same way I kind of played ESO the first time I played it. I played a Dragonborn because there's no magic involved, and I would love to play a spell casting character down the road, but I want to get the fundamentals of D and D before I get to the point where I'm like, oh shit, what's happening? Uh, and I can, and I also love his personality. The just the drunk, hard hit, hard hitting, stupid man. There's just something about that that's gonna be a lot of fun to play. Where his intelligence is really low, but he thinks he. Uh, is tougher than he is at times, which is, it can be interesting. So, but yeah, let's jump into, uh, let's jump into, we talked a little bit about me hiding in the tree. We talked to me be disarmor, disrobing, unarmoring, whatever you say, however you say it. What was your, what was your, your favorite moment, uh, of the campaign so far? Again, only one session, uh, session one was your favorite moment that we had pop up. Uh, let's start with Bertrand this time. I think you just covered it, honestly. Just <laughs> the image of you just sitting up there, just like every turn, rotating through, just like put my gloves back on. <laughs> All right, well, I guess I'll put my chest piece back on. Because <laughs> I asked, I asked David, I go, "Is is everything in action?" Because I was like, "Is just putting armor on one action?" He's like, "Nope, it's one per piece." I was like, "Well, how long we got?" By the yeah. time I got it all on, the fight was over. And that. Right there, that exactly was my thought. It was like, oh my god, we're gonna kill all these wolves before Keegan gets his <laughs> pants on. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he has full plate, you know, yeah. and each round is six seconds. So yeah. you figure it's gonna take a lot longer than six seconds to put that all back on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I would have to say that was probably my favorite moment too. Other than I think honestly my favorite moment was when I stepped up to uh, was it Lorna I think was her name the the owner of the tavern after Bertrand had failed to persuade her to go to the meeting. Oh yeah, and I was ready for a fight. I was like ready to be like no we're going in, and uh, she recognized me. And it's funny because we talk about that moment of me not having my armor on. But that actually saved us in that moment. David was pointing out before we went on here to me that, like, if you didn't have that on, it would have been harder to recognize because she saw my family crest. And I was like, oh, because if I'd worn my common clothes, she wouldn't have seen that. It's true. So, Very true. Little things like, like yeah. that. Uh, what about you, Tim? What was your, what was your favorite moment? <laughs> uh, favorite moment, actually, was that uh, I think that was that moment in the bar. Um, not because she recognized you, but. 
um, the way Bertrand approached it. I know I, t- I told you guys this in the, t- in the text message, but um, when Bertrand walks up and he's like, hey, or Kaim walks up and he's, I'm going to sweet talk this lady, and she was having none of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's an and understatement. So, <laughs> and so he steps back and says, fine, you brought this on yourself. Here's Keegan. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, this is going to get bad. Because <laughs> up to that point, I had disrobed and I had, yeah. got, I had been drunk my first night with you all. You've done nothing but make a spectacle of yourself for the entire, entire day. And be like, oh, dear God, you know, trying to be in character, I was really concerned. It's like, we, we haven't even found these wolves yet, and we're already going to get ourselves kicked out of this town. <laughs> But it was a, it was really it was a really cool moment because I know David brought this up in the text. It was one of those moments where things didn't go as expected, right? Bertrand's supposed to be the the smooth talking bard who was going to, you know, get us in, you know, nice and easy with this with this waitress or bar owner, or what have you, and it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And so here comes the dwarf, the drunken dwarf. <laughs> who she, she just happens to recognize. <laughs> Well, she I know who you are. She You're rec- important. Looks yeah, like- she didn't recognize me. She recognized my family. But yeah, right. I was like, oh. Right. And that was really cool for me because, like, expanding upon that is then afterwards, like, I then, without going too much of backstory, but obviously that leads into, like, she knows my family. I'm like, oh, how do you know him? And that's, well, it was really cool because David let me go. When you guys went to the meeting, I went to go hang out with her for a little bit. I ended up coming back to the meeting because I didn't want to miss anything. But I went to go hang out with her for a little bit to kind of be like, what do you know? How do you know me? Like curious of, of kind of that, how she knows my family. And that was from a RP standpoint, that was a really cool moment for me uh, outside of the humorous fact that she just happened to recognize me like, Oh yeah. And I was not prepared for that. I was ready to get in a fight with her. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, Oh, I gotta be friendly to you now. Shit. What do I do? I'm not ready. Yeah. And the humor going into it though, like you said, like me, me as a player also not remembering session zero very clearly because it, it had been what david three months since we had done session it's zero been a while. It, yeah and i had you been were a different so race at that time yeah i was a complete different uh, race a different i was still a bard but not the bard changed. i became yeah i didn't change you races i changed dwarf. classes you didn't change classes, classes. you changed races, changed races. yeah <laughs> and full backstories yeah so like in my mind, I was still trying to juggle, like, how do I know Torbjorn? Because mm-hmm. originally, Torbjorn and I were, we grew up in the same town together. We were both dwarves. And uh, as everything changed and I found my character and who he was, it, it created the, that blockage in my mind of, like, here's session zero and here's all the knowledge I should remember. <laughs> my mind was like, ah, screw that crap. Let's go and move forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I walk into there. With this piece of paper, and David, poor DM, is like trying to be so clear with me, like they can't read it. And I'm like, no, read this. When you watch it back, it's even better when you watch it back. Like in the moment, I was like, oh God. Because none of us knew. Like I honestly didn't remember. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, really, lady. Here, here. Have a blank piece of paper. And I can see DM David's face as he's like, motherfucker. Like, like, get the hint. There's nothing on this paper. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had the shepherd also mention like, oh, I don't know anything about that to try and kind of because you were like, oh, we heard and yeah. and I kind of tried to drop that hint to you as well back then too, but 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, didn't you think Bertrand why Bell's... wouldn't you assume if you have a poster that it's been made public? Yeah. Also, I think Bertrand thought that that bar was the bar we went to initially. It was in my mind. Yeah. Like that's where it was. And I was like, oh, somebody here gave it to us or we found it on. I couldn't remember where we got that from. Yeah. It was not. <laughs> it was not. No. It was among the items you were given in and I don't know the end that, of session zero. Yeah. And I don't know if that was because when we did session zero, if that was the same graphical layout for the bar that we used just as a display for us. And that's probably why my brain was like, this is the same place. And once again, let me help David out of here. We as players need not rely and focus so much on the background. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the map, a lot of times, uh, is just there for visual. Um, it's for the stream. And, the stream. and I'm, I'm trying to... It's going to be more clear in Strahd because Strahd is very much... Here's the maps for everything, whereas this one was a bit of homebrew and a bit of a one-shot where it didn't give me everything. And I even had to... I even had maps in there for just in case you decided to go other places. And then I realized that it was way too much. Uh, you know, uh, so even uh, the that side shot of the forest was something that I added. Uh, I actually had changed from an actual map uh, because I, I was trying to stop that kind of... Uh, uh, like video game mentality, mentality of uh, you know if if because it's because you can't uh, you know you can't override what I'm telling you audibly because you don't see it visually <laughs> and and that that's something that I you know I know we didn't I, move I our didn't character a lot of the times too we would move in uh, tiles like we'd be talking to each other we're on, technically on the opposite sides of the room we're like well we're still talking and, now. and even in that that's something that's that may be too literal um the, yeah. it's really meant for well, tracking yeah. in battle i was gonna say it's combat building. makes the most sense for mm -hmm. this that's right yeah it, it's it just really pays off the fact that we're streaming it and you know that we need a nice visual element was where i was Maybe leading you guys astray a little bit you're, in that. You're saying that we shouldn't have gone across the river and try to chop the wood. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, the wolves are over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me go hide in a tree. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh. I remember there was a good ten minutes of speculation uh, in, at, in, in a previous game. <laughs> because that was in Master's Vault that yeah. we did as an introductory adventure. Uh, but yeah, you guys took that map way too literally and had this <laughs> 10 minute conversation about the river and I was how like, deep is the river the, yeah how, the river's can not I, even can I cross the river <laughs> will it kill me maybe I don't like, know like I didn't even mention the river yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into this is going to be the bulk of this is I kind of want to turn it a little bit over to David at this point to kind of talk about a few moments that either were changed and or had different outcomes or we skipped altogether that may not necessarily have been in the campaign. Cause I know one specifically the one I kind of want to start with, which I thought was really cool when you told it to me was me and Cody went to go shopping uh, and you didn't expect us to go shopping and you had to make <laughs> right. all that shit up off, off the cuff. Cause you're like, well, there's not much. Here. Yeah. I was like, let me go anyway. I want to go, I want to go out to here. So think, talk about a little bit about your, your thought process behind that. Uh, how did you yeah. like, oh shit, that in the moment to so, make sure it made sense? 
so uh, my like basically something I just picked up was always to kind of have in your head what kind of town Welton was because I they knew it was going to be a big part of what you guys you know were, were I mean the whole thing is to save this town mm-hmm. uh, and it's big in enterprise but it, it's not big in you know having craftsmen they they spend a lot of time growing and and shepherding you know and 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 feeding and taking care of animals that kind of thing they're not uh one that has the population to have extra people to you know take those materials and craft them so it's predominantly a this is uh where you get materials that go to the big cities that they then will process and because they have the people and the you know that work the those kind of things and have the the enchantments that you know that can go on to the, those materials and and so on and so forth so that that was the the idea is they they have the basic things you know they have someone obviously who who bakes and they have a blacksmith who predominantly makes you know horseshoes and items that pitchforks things more for the town than really battlements he helps fix the weapons for the town guard that kind of thing which is minimal uh because they they, they really don't, don't have right you know they had a sorcerer up to a few months ago and now they have thanks to you guys uh a pack of uh, highly intelligent uh and magical wolves that and that's protect- one of those one of those things too like as a dm you weren't <clears throat> probably expecting anybody to go shopping in a one shot don't know what i'm doing let's go cody uh not so much but uh it you know it's something that i didn't want to say well you can't go shopping i wanted to you know allow that but also present reasonable limitations to what you could get in that town and that's like yeah like i think i had asked for for an alchemist shop in in case Mm -hmm. of you know, maybe I was looking for some, I was looking for some potions. Um, you know, as we were about to head out into a what could have been a crazy journey, <laughs> not knowing what was ahead of us. And so you were like, oh, "This is not the type of town that they have sheep shit like in abundance." <laughs> yeah. and that's and that's what I, I liked. Like when I got there, and he was like, "Yeah, there's not really much here," and they kind of seemed down because of everything that's gone on. I was like, "Let me give them a gold piece." Like I feel bad for these people now because like. You, it, I really liked it because for me it kind of made the because that that bar was, scene was cool, but getting outside into the town and seeing that impact on it, it's like I don't know what for whatever reason that made it hit home for me of like oh shit these wolves are, they're they're screwing with their economy to the extreme, because like if they don't have these sheep, that what yeah, do also they have? Made that, it an opportunity in that sense as well to kind of flesh out the town a little bit in that sense, yeah. And that exactly that that feeling was where I felt like my character, given what he has, you know, without giving anything away from my backstory, but given what he had gone through, he felt for this town. He felt for these people who were going through what could have been a very very awful situation. He could see their downtroddenness, and you know, he's he's a bard. He's seen towns on upswings and seen the party life, and he's used to like creating a jovial atmosphere full of drinking so that the bars that he works at the taverns he works at makes more money and there needed 
there was that moment of like, okay, I need to, these people need rest. They don't need a party song. They don't need a let's drink up Yardies kind of a song. Like they needed a, a song of rest. And uh, I felt that that was needed. I love that moment. Like that was probably, yeah. uh, that's, that's all that I absolutely fell in love with. Where I was like, oh, and then you like, make sure the dude upstairs hears it as well. Yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. what his name was, but that guy. Well, speaking of. <laughs> yeah. His name is Willen. This is a and, segue uh, here, David, for things that uh, <laughs> happened because of our actions. We he, yeah. he told us later on in a group text, which is how we all know we're on a group text together, as we keep saying, but. And all of our face was just, I'm sure, like, mine was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened to Willen? So, yeah. So Willem, the uh, the halfling who you guys, uh, well, actually, who it was, uh, I believe it was Nate and uh, Cody uh, went up to talk to, uh, that had the the touch of madness, uh, was uh, made a full recovery uh, once it came out that the uh, the wolves were intelligent and he was no longer needing to question his sanity. He recovered much quickly. That was much a, more uh, quickly. <laughs> like when when we got back. And I thought about him when we were traveling back to the tavern. And I, I, it clicked. I was like, oh, wait a second. He's, I kind of thought, is, was he crazy? Because he, he thought they were talking? And like then you, you were able to like solidify that in my mind. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because like being a one-shot, like I want every loose end wrapped up, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a, just as a player, me personally. And I think that's what makes me so much more excited about doing this full campaign, going into it knowing nothing about Strahd other than his name and his universe that we're about to enter into. Like, I'm excited for constant unknowns and, uh, you know, not having everything wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow at the end of every night of of playing. I think that's it's going to create more 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 yearning as from us as players to get to know the world and our characters even more mm-hmm. yeah yeah now dm yeah. I, I got a question for you so uh-huh. g- given the fact that we've i, I don't need to call you dm <laughs> David. <laughs> David. <laughs> we're not playing right now you're not <laughs> I am your master. You will call me such. <laughs> he is always a DM. Once a DM, always a DM. Yoda, I am. So uh, let's let, from the us working on this from behind the scenes, just as friends wanting to play D anD D and doing a couple different sessions. You know, uh, mm-hmm. one where your sister had joined us for a while. Like, mm-hmm. um, the, how how much work looking forward? into this Strahd campaign. Like, can you tell us a little bit about like what went on behind the scenes for creating this in Roll20, especially like knowing the stress that that puts on you that we were going to go from just hanging out and playing to, oh, suddenly, oh, crap, we're going we're gonna to start streaming this. <laughs> we're going to take this a little bit more seriously than expected. Like, what, what happened with your brain and how did you kind of switch things around and what, what extra work did that put in your lap? Because we're... We're all super thankful for the way things yes. are turning out already. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. I so honestly, I I promised myself I wouldn't change it anything from there. Even though I kind of felt like maybe down like whoever watches this might give me some shit for some of the liberties I'm taking. 
but you know it's our game and i'm going with what is narratively going to be uh i feel very interesting how to hook you guys in it's also uh the so something to kind of clarify for everyone session zero was done before uh we streamed uh so that everyone could have their backstory uh private and personal and uh in that I also uh, took that opportunity to give them a little bit more of a hook uh, to continue adventuring together other than the usual uh, so you all meet in a bar and think you can all get together and kill some wolves. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I added in uh, something that was a little bit uh, to touch on and honor uh, a group that I used to play with uh, who used the Purple Dragons as a as their own little club of who they identified themselves as. And I thought it would be a nice little thing, nice little homage to kind of bring that in. I took basically in so, in so many words, uh, I took what lore is from Morgan Kane and circle of eight and sort of made it a more secret version of, uh, society called the purple dragons and and the the circle of eight still exists but uh people know about that whereas the purple dragons are are secretive and, and i was telling shout you, out to the og purple dragons yeah. if y'all are yeah. still <laughs> i was telling Thank david you. too when we were, we were playing overwatch earlier of just like i would i can't wait because we all kind of went into the one shot and was like yeah we're all like brain we're all friends let's go and i think it's because we all were like we have a we have a this thing we're going to do. And we didn't really get time to talk to each other. I think I'm excited for like this next session. I know personally, I will probably be doing a lot more asking questions of everybody trying to get the under no understand their characters better. I know nothing about, I know a little bit about you, Bertrand, just cause we, like I said, we've, we've had some conversations cause we kind of know each other, but not really. We know each other for like a few weeks. Uh, yeah. but like Tim, Tim's character, the more and more, like when you had that conversation with Nate, obviously, my character doesn't hear that conversation, but me as the player hear it. And I was just like, man, and selfishly, I'm, I'm interested to kind of understand what your motivations are. And maybe some way I can help you out. And same thing with all, like, same thing with any of these characters. Like, what is their motivation? Why are they here? And then why did the Purple Dragons pick us? Like, obviously they picked us because we're the, the five people that are playing the game. But storytelling wise, why did we get chosen versus anybody else in this world? And I... I it's been stewing in my head of like that question of like man i i'm really curious to see if there's anything else to this purple dragon stuff as well along with strahd and everything else we're about to get thrown into and hopefully uh i wear my armor the whole time um <laughs> but no, i like that conversation with you and you were trying to have with nate and it, i don't know what it was but i think it's just as i sit back at that point just watching and experiencing it and i was like man this is this is the RP side of this because again, first campaign. I know we all watch Critical Role. We're all big fans of Critical Role, and that's where I'm kind of getting a lot of my information from. But when you play it, it's slightly different than watching it because you got to make the decision. So right. I don't know. I'm 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 super it's our stoked own to get world, it. and it's our own yeah. our own creation and and our own twist on everything. And actually, I did have a question, DM. This is just more of a general. Uh, his D &D. name is David. <laughs> well, this, Not is anymore. This, oh, is a, this is a question <laughs> aimed at, at a DM specifically. Um, I, I'm, I'm always curious about within a lot of campaigns, and mostly in D&D, &D, 
worlds and campaigns that are that are pre-created um our characters being whether they're wizards or fighters or clerics or yada 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 how common are characters such as these to the world is it the equivalent of like the x-men to the normal universe or or marvel superheroes like are there a select you know percentage I've always been kind of curious about that, like paladins. I mean, that seems like a it's a pretty standard thing, but like wizards and clerics with powers and bards with spell casting mm-hmm. abilities. I've always been curious, like what does that look like in in these worlds? So, so most in in the general population, uh, most clerics are level one, right? Most paladin are not even. Pal- like active paladin okay like they don't even like if in my world you have the potent if you have the potential uh you carry that within you but it's not like immediately activated your deity calls upon you if needed so uh the active paladins that are leveling up and in that class and are getting granted uh those those divine abilities are uh you have their attention uh so you're yes you are far fewer in okay in in that regard also if you're a higher level cleric you've you have their attention if you ascended beyond level three in cleric and you have the ability to revivify people you're fucking with major shit at that point in as far as what a de- deity's power goes. So for a deity to allow you that ability in my world is major. They're saying, I trust you to not send this soul back to me when I've called it. That's a major trust okay. on part of the deity. So I was kind so, of kind of thinking along the right lines that that we are a chosen few so like the average town you're saying fictional setting fictional part of the universe you know we go through a small town similar to the one we just went through but they have a church the cleric that would be at the church would just be a a basic run-of-the-mill like i can heal you and maybe get rid of some poison like Mm -hmm. father merrickson because of his has the the blood in him from you know the, the sorcery and that kind of thing, he was a little bit more powerful than your average one that you would come across. But he was not he's not bringing people back to life. Like if if you guys needed a revivify, he would not have had that. And then quick so. for for any viewers who might be very very new to D anD D, without going too crazy into detail, uh, you mentioned Mordenkainen. Um, mm-hmm. Give us the little bite-sized <laughs> blurb. So who that man is and why he's his name is so important. Please let me know because I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you made him up. I I wasn't familiar yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, no, Morton Kanan is actually he's from the Greyhawk campaign, but he his power in my he he he, tra- he traverses. So Elminster is is the most one of the most powerful wizards in D&D world and the Forgotten Realms, right? Warden Kanan is the equivalent of that in the Greyhawk world. He's one of the, the big ones, right? There's spells named after him. Uh, um, 
there's actually a compendium named after him, Warden Kanan's Tome of Foes, the, the Wizards of the Coast. Like, uh, we could actually that, purchase, like, yeah. as, as yep. real people, <laughs> not yep. in-game, yeah. but... <laughs> correct, correct, correct. As yeah. human beings. Yeah. That, and so he's he's an arch wizard uh, with a big focus in, in neutrality. He's a bit stubborn, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's, he doesn't listen to reason very well, and... Uh, but uh, he means well and 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 has the best uh, best intentions, uh, you know, with with what he he's put in motion. Um, the circle of eight are just a group of adventurers that he traveled with that are part of. Just they're just like a famous group that they've done major things in the universe. So, so in our setting where we're currently going now if this is getting into spoiler territory for the campaign feel free to stop me but oh uh, i will <laughs> morden Kanan, is he is he alive at this point still you don't know okay perfect yeah do i need so, to roll a history check <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a natural one so, yeah it's a natural it was one. mentioned you have it was no mentioned idea. to a, a few of you that that he's been missing for at least a year now. Okay, cool. So he was. He, he's. It, this is not. We're not talking history pages, relics old in the in the library that we're searching through to hear about this man. It's okay. He's potentially he's, person. Like the stories of him go back hundreds of years. Okay, but he's as far as you know, like no one has had a funeral for him yet. Or so we know. Just in general, um, his, his race is he, is he, uh, inhuman? Is he that, like in 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 game, you would have to okay make a make a check. Yeah, cool. until next just, week, Bertrand. Well, we it's got to come up naturally. I'm not just <laughs> yeah. going to start the campaign and be like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, hold on," because <laughs> maybe maybe. He's prevalent to what's coming up. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't. You know who knows? That guy right there. That's right. Because <laughs> he's running. If he doesn't know, then we're in trouble. Uh, I do want. He's got I do a want. Week. Oh, go ahead. I said he's got a week to figure it out. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we were trying to figure it out after the last session, I'm like, hey, we can we do it again? And we're like, can we do it next week? And David's like, no. We're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the week afterwards. I, I want a little so. more clarity on, on on my original question there, David. Is that. Uh, when when we did say that, and next week your your eyes just kind of like, oh god! Like, <laughs> so given the fact that you know we use roll twenty for for us all to RP and play D anD D together, how how simple has it been for you? And this is you know we're not sponsored by anybody. We're not sponsored by roll twenty. We're not sponsored by you know anything. <laughs> we're just dudes that are playing. So. How simple is it for you to when we purchase this module? How purchase? How how simple has it been for you to implement it and actually deliver it to us? So something that just takes took a little getting used to was going from uh, the one shot where everything was. I shared the the one shot PDF with everyone after after the game. By the way, yeah. just yeah. so that everyone has a. Uh, an idea just because we're all new and and i wanted everyone to have a perspective of what that looked like on my end uh it was a li it's a little different um this being such a big campaign yeah in the way that it gave me information that 
it almost makes me a little paranoid at times that like maybe I'll forget or miss something important. Uh, just the way that it kind of breaks things up in Rule Twenty, um, which and 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 it's also not entirely Rule Twenty's fault though because I also have a PDF of it just for my own uh, ability to look at it better, and and it's still very just. Because it's so big, and, and the way that it, it compartmentalizes the information is very um, specific to certain areas, and then kind of moves on. But then there's like reference of another character that was from that area, and you know, so, and then it has just like a blurb that you're supposed to, you know, so. Things like that, where it's like, okay, you you should know the what your the whole story before trying to like delve it out in like digestible bits because you might fuck it up. Was my paranoia? Gotcha. You know, how much uh, of it? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that uh, that was it. Go ahead. How much, like, so uh, you know, without it because we're we're kind of explaining this to people who might be watching um in the pdf when we went to the small town for example and on mm -hmm. your end did you you have a list of like this is what's in town let me pull up this these PDF. are the people's names or in the full campaign is there like a, here this town is here players will probably go to is there a list of names and characters and like important uh, people or a lot is it a lot of that kind of stuff homebrew for you so in this one, it was uh, very specific uh, to like who was key players, um, and then the shepherds that you met out there. I mean, they were very generic. So I came up with names, and had they, you know, they would have had their had they been fleshed out, you know, pushed a little bit more, talked to a little bit more. Um, you know, I would have had to provide info that I just made up, yeah, yeah. Uh, about it. I didn't have anything for that. Um, however, going into this campaign, uh, it's very specific about who is where and doing what and uh, how much time you have once certain events take place that could affect that so without getting into spoilers this that gets to um you know uh, a place where where it's like okay you have to be careful about what's going on um because you can't keep going and then i have to keep track of what's happening in, in real time you know uh in this world so that that's just stuff that I kind of have to keep in consideration, but I'm also uh, threading in some things extra uh, for you guys as well uh, with with backstory and, and things like that. There's a limitation uh, because of the nature of the realm that we're going to, uh, which will become clear next week to all. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, there still be a little bit of that. Cool. Hello, Nate. I was gonna say our oh, cleric, a wild cleric appeared. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry uh, I'm a little late, but oh, I had good. a commute. Yeah, you're good. Uh, I want to get, so the quick recap for you, because you're obviously just joining us, is we were talking about our, David's not talking about what it's like to run D&D inside of Roll20, kind of the prep he had to go to for this campaign. Um, I want to ask you, what was your, what was your favorite uh, moment of the first session? Wow. Yeah, we all we all went there already. What was your favorite moment of the first session? Um, other than not me, me not being seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, your technical this difficulties. Is the first, yeah, the this first, is the time, first time, time seeing you. This is this is this is Latrine, everybody. This is Aura. <laughs> you want to do the voice? Uh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, it'll end up like Kermit or something like that, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I think just trying to find the dynamic and everything like that like i'm tr- i'm still trying to maybe in a little bit more of a novice that kind of thing but trying to find ways to play off of other individuals mm-hmm. you know like bertrand or 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 tim or somebody like that like trying to find out how my character can do that that was kind of exciting for me um and then by the end like that last battle it was like oh Okay, I, I finally did something, but it wasn't much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, the, other, yeah. let's see, the other thing I, I asked them to at the beginning was, why did you pick the class you picked, and why you? What's the why? Why? Uh, why did you go? Why? Why was? Why is the tree in the way she is? Uh, well, you like the it, name of the tree. Let's be honest. That's from the session. It, it used to be shit house, but yeah. <laughs> 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 no. Um, I, I just thought it would be funny, you know, like the the Latrine name, obviously, with some of the uh, Mel Brooks oriented um, stuff. But I like elves. I like clerics. Kind of went. Have you together? Uh, have you ever played a cleric before? Is this your first time? Um, I I pretty much haven't played D and D for like twenty years. Cool. So yeah, I've never played it. Long- so. So when we say uh, we're all novices, we're pretty much all... This is, I think, the first time we've all played 5e. Unless, Tim, have you played yeah. 5e? Uh, this is the first time playing 5e. I've played 4th edition. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Because I, I read your, your bio when you sent it to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, SaveByTheRoll.com, by the way. You can pick see bios of everybody. Um, right. I do want to ask, since we have both uh, Tim and Bertrand in here, I have to ask, because I'm curious myself, that owl-bear confrontation... And the kind of the two ways you guys went about it. Um, was that the owlbear or was that the flame? Uh, I think it was. Was I, that the I think final one? It was the bear, I think. Was it the well, bear? Well, there, there were two. Uh, we had the owlbear where, where I was asking Bertrand, why are you not wanting to fight That's this? That's it. Thing? Yeah, that one. So, and, then, and then we had the wolf one where, uh, where I was asking him about our solution and how viable it was, which... We're both uh, great moments for for me personally, trying to be my character and understand it. And I, I think with the owlbear, um, you know, my character trying to play as my character is protective. You know, he is his idea is to protect anyone that's around him. So if danger's coming, you know, and we didn't really talk about this, but he's a half orc, you know, so he's big and burly, and he's thinking. All right, I need to put myself between whatever this is and everybody else, and then everybody else goes and hides. And I was like, "What? 
<laughs> Your dwarven friend went away. <laughs> but it's like my fighter who's supposed to be standing next to me is in a tree. What am I? What am I supposed to do with this? You know. And then uh, and so I think some of that too though was was a little bit of my novice of gameplay as well because I like a lot of the RPGs I played growing up. It was very obje- we did very objective based because we weren't we didn't really know how to play games. You know, we were kids and um, everything was about go find the enemy and kill it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then like then if you go play uh, um, ESO, that's what you do. You go find the enemy, you kill it, right? Um, so I wasn't really thinking about other scenarios. What other things could we do? We have a very clear objective to find wolves and kill them, right? Um, so when I got out there and I saw people behaving differently, I thought, well, shoot, how uh, <laughs> how can I fall in line with that? So it became a question of, hey, in character, you know. What are you seeing that I'm not seeing here? Because I see an enraged owlbear that will maul us, and uh, and and maybe it wouldn't have if I hadn't run out there. But uh, you know, I was you know that was for me was like, I guess there was another way to do this, and maybe I'm the only one who missed that. You know, <laughs> uh, at one point you literally were the man on the island just in the middle just by right. yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm cu- I'm curious if uh, if you guys looked at that module. I think Bertrand's muted it again, or lost. We lost your audio. Yeah, no. Yeah, no Bertrand audio, sadly. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- it actually says in the in the module that if the owlbear, like if you hide or if the owlbear does not see you, it would continue on. Uh, otherwise, if it saw you, it would. It like there was no calming it down. It literally was like sees you, and you know attacks or doesn't see you and yeah. and go and just goes about its business that's, partially uh, that's exactly what i was thinking attacked. like cuz at the beginning of it you you had mentioned it was it was running from something and it was already damaged and my thought was like okay um at first i thought maybe it would be not knowing anything as a player and as my character anything about owl bears at that point mm-hmm. i i thought that there was a chance that this thing would just keep plowing through because it was if it was running from something it was scared which is why I, like my character ran off to the side and held a shot in case somebody else like outside of hurt. like casting a spell to calm it down um, which I would have allowed but nobody suge- did it or said they would do it so like that that was really the only thing I would have entertained and not follow the module in that in that aspect but yeah because i because uh, i hid in the tree because i picture this bear running at us and the kind of because i listened to bertrand a little bit with his thought process of like hey is this thing because i think at one point you go is this thing scared or is it going to attack i can't remember the exact word mm-hmm. you used but you said something along those right. lines which is when i was like i'm gonna yeah. go hide in this tree and kind of take time to figure out what's going to happen and that's that's where i ran away in that instance was that moment of like I don't know what everybody else wants to do, so I didn't want to engage it. And yeah. it turns this, out he would have ran through, but I was like... You didn't hide yeah. in that tree. You it, just leaped up there with your natural 20. It's yeah. Just like a, well, to be like, fair, I, I was like, I have a 7 Athletics. I want to jump up this tree. Let me do it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have a good passive perception uh, because it was just trying to get the hell away from the wolves, really. Uh, and uh, so it, it really wouldn't have noticed uh, anybody outside of you know Tim standing stop. out in the open <laughs> but 
But, yeah, but again, like the the idea of calming it down outside of using magical property because it was one of those things where uh, it was unfortunate that it it was scared because that that's what put it in the frenzy to attack anything it saw, uh, which is you know something you want to empathize with, but at the same time, it's you know a, a hurt cornered wild animal out there that yeah this you know just dead set on clearing anything in its path at this point because it's an enraged to the point of you know frenzy and i think that's what worked so well for tim's character as well not just tim as a player but tim's character is the fact that like tim you're you're a paladin like you said your your job is to to, to frontline defend and protect so your reaction of just like holding your ground made sense like regardless of mm-hmm. why you did it like it, it made yeah, perfect sure. sense character wise which was cool yeah and then when you and i had that conversation with the wolves later on like moving forward there mm-hmm. like that was a, a moment in the campaign that i really liked was was that that moment where i think our characters understand each other from a uh from a compassion stance yeah um and and I'd like to hear from from Keegan and Nate, like when you guys heard the wolves speak in common, like what was your what, what did your brain do? Did you just want to still bash the shit out of them, or like? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I know for me, like much like how Dave was talking about like empathy and whatnot, like that's just naturally who I am, I guess as a human so my first reaction was take the step back kind of analyze it you know and i was thinking hey this is a sign of intelligence this isn't normal that kind of thing so that, that was kind of the first thing that i thought in my head um until somebody like started shooting or something like that <laughs> yeah, once started, i was like we okay well yeah. well it's well. done now you know so I well mean, <laughs> I, I think i think i ran out there and just attacked one uh, but mostly because I, I think I was still caught up. We retconned, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we had already engaged with them, yeah. and then we retconned it. And then I was like, okay, uh, I need to run out here and get as good a hit on this guy as I got the last time. And then, at that point, I was just thinking more about not getting caught behind in the uh, in the initiative role, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, I didn't. And again, this might just be my naivety. I didn't even think that hard about it. It's like this is weird. But I'm I, at that point. I was following. I was literally following Tim's lead. Like Tim was the guy that was going to go first. He, I think, he rolled a, the highest initiative uh, at that point. And I was like, he's going first. He's whatever he does, I'm going to follow him. Whatever happens. So that was kind of my mentality on it. I didn't think hard uh, much about it, other than like this seems sketchy. I did have a moment of like that that empathy moment of like. Are these people trapped here? But I also had the moment of they're intelli- they're intelligent. Maybe because they're intelligent, they have other motives to, for this town besides what they're just doing now. So that did cross my mind of like maybe instead of just going after the sheep, their goal is to get reinforcements of intelligent wolves or whatever to take over this town and make it theirs. So that did cross my mind at one point. But I honestly at that point was kind of whatever whatever Tim was going to do with at first hit, I was going to do whatever the hell that was. And I think I ended yeah. up going up with you on that front line. That I think time. I was 
I was in a similar mind frame, you know, yeah, they were intelligent, but so were bandits, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I think character wise, I would still approach bandits differently than I would have approached wolves, you know, just cause they were speaking didn't mean they necessarily, it could have been a ruse, could have been a trick, could have been possession, you know, it's not like in that moment, it's like, you know, in my character, okay, get ahead of this, try to get ahead of this. And then it's not until they, they're the ones who initiated the ceasefire. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, for me, that's where my opinion of them changed. Uh, and then I felt bad because I killed the one, you know. <laughs> I think we all did at that point. Like, that was the funny yeah. thing is we definitely, by the end of that fight, we all had an empathetic feeling to them. Like, and I have the question for David because I'm really curious about this. But I gave, like, Bertrand, was it Bertrand that went up in, somebody went up in, like, healed one. Was it you, Bertrand? I can't remember who it was. Um, I, I had put sleep on them because I was it. trying to avoid yeah. all conflict. Yes. So I wanted I wanted Bolt Bolt, right? Yeah. Bolt I wanted flame. I wanted Bolt to to make my goal behind that sleep was to, to let Bolt have a moment to think and not have to just react to, to being attacked on. by its partner. Yeah. Cuz my my initial reaction was like, "Oh, Bolt and Flame." Like I mean, let, let's be honest, early on, I'm sure all of us were thinking, you know, lichen at some point along the lines of the clothing strips pieces and but once they spoke in wolf form i was like oh this isn't normal this isn't like typical werewolf stuff something's different here but i, I remember when they came out i went oh shit because you didn't know what to do because there's there's two of them big bad beasts what's gonna happen and when they yeah. spoke i immediately thought like maybe is this a husband wife thing these are yeah. their children and i didn't want to just like murder dad <laughs> like yeah. right away i wanted to i wanted a moment to breathe and unfortunately so- it worked. Sleep I, didn't work the way I thought it did. But <laughs> before before we go too far, David, I have the question for you because I had okay. I had two things of meat in my backpack. One mm-hmm. was one was the owl bear leg, and one was the wolf leg. <laughs> what would have happened if I did not have the owl bear leg and gave it the wolf leg? Would uh, would that have pissed him off? Probably. Because that's not the module. You didn't expect me to take the legs of these things. <laughs> no. no, no, nobody from expected. Yeah, from using DM, <laughs> yeah. what nobody would you have done? Yeah, right. <laughs> what would you have done in that instance? There would have been a couple rolls involved, and, okay. and then we would have seen what what would have happened there. But yeah, it could, that could have gone badly. That's why I gave him the uh, meat. Something that I kind of that you guys kind of missed. Uh, was I was you you had a rogue that made a successful stealth that could have gone in there, and uh, had she, um, you would have seen a little bit more of them, their intelligence at work. Uh, they you would have seen they had a class for their cubs in there. Oh, wow. uh, they you would have seen they had uh, worked out you know how to make their own clothing uh that they were making defenses traps uh things like that um and they even had a in in on the cave wall the account uh and they had drawn out the accounts of them getting their abilities uh uh, you also uh could have possibly overheard flame and bolt arguing over the same situation uh you would have heard them uh bolt saying, you know, we need to come to some sort of agreement with these humans uh, or we're not going to survive and Flame saying, no, the hell with that, burn them all and, you know, we're the 
where the alphas were the top and and now we have the power to back it up you know uh so you would have heard them going back and forth there too and and known that there's discord uh so yeah they they were the alphas of the pack and the pack themselves had children but they were not the parents of of the of okay. the, the pack they were just the biggest and the strongest how many wolves and, were in that cave total like, uh, had we just gone there, on slaughter there was, <laughs> so there's 16 in the pack and then the two alphas so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would have all descended on you, and it would have been interesting because uh, they would have used pack tactics, which would have given them advantage on every. We would have had attack. a TPK on our first oh, on the wow. first oh session. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. You guys were pretty strong, and you could. I was armored up so. on, on some of them, so I mean, it, it might have been. Uh, the module thankfully called that when the first wolf went down, that bolts would would uh, immediately say, look, this, like, either one, had one of you guys dropped or one of them dropped, well, would have called for a cease and said, look, this is not worth it. Uh, You know, and allowed you to heal your your person to not die. Would would Uh, Flame have always attacked Bolt? Or is that a thing that happened? So Flame, Flame attacks Bolt if Bolt looks like he's going to make a uh, a, a deal gotcha so yeah flame basically was just like fuck you we're gonna murder everybody no matter what yeah she was the, she was the more bloodthirsty and it may have been through the the fire nature or it just may have been her natural uh disposition gotcha. mm. uh i'm not e- either one you can you can you know make up for yourself right. I, I never really uh decided I like to think it was both. Yeah. That, that it was her disposition that made it the flame, and the flame made it worse. Uh, there's um. We were talking about this earlier. There was a moment where I actually did have a full-on panic that the campaign was just going to go uh, off off the rails right then and there, and that you guys were going to end up in jail, or the whole town was going to kill you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm curious if uh, so. I had Keegan and, and Tim guess earlier, so uh, We're and, out, and they did not they did not guess correctly. No. So I guess I'm curious oh, if you guys can guess, guess at the moment it happened. You both guess, then uh, we'll tell. In the meantime, we'll say our guesses, and then Tim, or David will tell us what's right. I think, I think I might know. I think it was when. Tim's character just busted through the curtain to the meeting. Was like, you know what? Screw this pageantry bullshit. Like, I'm just gonna walk into this secret we meeting were... in the back of a tavern. Like, we uh... were invited. Of course, I, I had the blank letter <laughs> <laughs> that I had convinced you yeah. was real. Yeah. I just cool. picture Tim Turner. I'm like, see the letter, Bertrand. It has words. <laughs> What about you, Nate? Nate? Nate, when do you think? Um, I think that's probably the more obvious. I think I, I think Bertrand would probably be on that, like like correct in that. Um, I don't know if maybe maybe the priest that was with the mayor or something like that. Like if we had done something different with that 
individual with it being a little bit of a different deity. I mean, I, I, I don't quite know. Like, um, yeah, I mean, that's my best guess. Um, okay. I thought about like even going to that temple at one point. So maybe if I had gone to the temple or something like that, something would have oh, been different. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if something, there's like so many things that I thought about, but I was just like, I'm, I'm still learning. Yeah. So I'm just like kind of, right. Yep. Um, I feel like it's a but I thought about it. I actually did have a map for the church in case you guys decided oh. to go. Oh, I, I thought about it. thought about it. It, it, if you read the PDF, it was not prevalent at all to the story, but yeah. I didn't want to, you know, box you out of that having that option. Yeah. Tim, what was what was your guess? I think I guessed the Albear, uh, which I know now is wrong, but yeah. uh, I think just having to pick a spot and thinking about okay, when did when did I feel like we were all doing something different, and that was that moment, you know, and I was like, well, did you know, was I supposed to hide? Maybe that was. Maybe that's what had scared it, but then we handled it pretty good. So, yeah. so I I, uh, I didn't really think that was the answer, but I I couldn't come up with something better. Mine was mine was when we killed the first wolf, and now knowing that that's what sent Bolt out to stop the ceasefire. But like at that point, like again, thinking it was their family, if 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 Bolt and Flame came out and that was their cub, whole different ballgame than if it's just I guess part of their pack, which still doesn't make it better. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's, no, I, they weren't happy. No, they weren't happy. But but at the same time, that was the moment where I was just like, oh shit! Like if they, because I think if they both turned on us, because I don't remember how much how much HP Flame had, but it had at least forty from the calculations I had. Um, yes. So I'm assuming the other one had the same amount of HP at that point. So we were going against twice as hard. So like that. And they both had casting we, abilities, yep. which you, you didn't see. <laughs> yep. So that was the moment where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, because we killed yeah. the cu- killed the cub. I thought that was going to be it, but that was a that was a favorite quote though. Was when they attacked Flame and Dave said, uh, "David said, yeah, uh, Flame is impervious to fire. How about that?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that yes. was my fault. I think. Um, yeah, I uh, also wasn't thinking. <laughs> I think Cody had shot an arrow. From her, um, from her crossbow, and David, didn't you say like it, it burned up, like oh, right man. on impact or something on the way in? It it hit, but then like normally where you would see it sticking out, it it burned away. Oh wow! Um, so it did damage, but it didn't leave any evidence gotcha. and cauterized the wound. Okay. So it wasn't going to she, flame. Was it was no danger of bleeding out or anything like that? It was it was more where I was going with that. Cool. Uh, that it wasn't gonna. They, you know, this was a magical creature. Okay. That it wasn't gonna work as easily as just shooting some bolts into it. Yeah. So for the answer, what was what is the correct answer? Where we almost <laughs> potentially completely fucked up and died on episode one of a campaign. Was the, you're you're close. Uh, it, it was it was when you when after he shouted for the guards and you wanted to. Use your cantrip to cast uh, thaumaturgy. Uh, that would have uh, incited an immediate attack and uh, ended the campaign probably there because the mayor would have had nothing to do with you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> entire town would have turned like and instantly. Probably at least uh, ten people in that bar would have attacked you there. 
and then the whole town would have started to rally its guard. It's you know, it's they're all not that tough, but there's a know, lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them pitchforks rallying to come get you would have gone badly. <laughs> And obviously no reward and no reason to go after the wolves and, <laughs> right. and yeah. yeah. So I was a little concerned there. And I was like I was like, before that happens <laughs> Are you sure you want Bertrand, to Bertrand, before you brazenly make wolves howl from outside Stop of all the warning, windows. The charismatic devil is uh is the, the issue here. Who starts gesturing to cast <laughs> and if the guards are called, it was yeah. I was like, Oh god, no. <laughs> think about that a little bit more <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so to end yeah. this off because uh, we've got a few minutes left here I want to kind of and David obviously you can't I don't think you can participate in this because you know it's going to happen but I want everybody's kind of predictions of like because where we ended the last session was we got we saw the mist start coming in and we've hinted that uh, that is obviously leading us towards where we're going which is Strahd um, which I know nothing about honestly and that's the way I want it to be because that's the way it should be. Is you're going in completely blind. But what are what's everybody's predictions about what we're about to encounter um, in Strahd and or in this campaign? What is something you're looking forward to? Again, don't give too much your backstory. But if there's like what what just predictions of what's coming up in this campaign, we're gonna be a hundred percent wrong. I have a feeling. But who would like to start? Uh, I can. I know only what Strahd is. I know a teeny bit, teeny morsel of uh, what his world, this world we're going to is. And I can just say that uh, my character, Kaim, is going to be quite relieved to go there. Mm -hmm. I think that's about as much as I can say without giving anything away about my character and who he is. And um, But it relief is... A double-edged knife. (laughs) I would say, for me, my my biggest concern is, like... Again, I know a little bit of what what it is, and I guess the point I'll give is it's a a different plane of existence. Um, So it has nothing to do with wolves. Wolves is a self-contained thing that, like, if we're going to a completely different area, you're cut off from everything you know and love. Like, how does that... I'm really curious how that's going to interact with... A, my backstory, B, everybody else's backstory, and right, just kind yeah. of the 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 things we're going to see there, because it's a it, you're not going to see, well, you might see wolves, I don't know, we could, we could see wolves, <laughs> but from what I've I've gathered from it, uh, just a little bit that I know about it, it's probably not going to be that, and I'm really curious, and I'm, I'm actually super excited, because I was telling David earlier, I was concerned because he keeps telling us, Hey, shit's hard here. You got to be careful, which makes me excited. But at the same time, it's like, oh shit, shit's hard. I got to be careful, and I can't just yeah. run out with no armor on. <laughs> so that's <laughs> and I and I'm, I and I said in the group text, or uh, I think like the day after it happened, I was like, I was actually happy we did session the session one in wolves then, so I could make that mistake because that was a Keegan mistake more than it was like it ends up working with my character like. When yeah. I looked at the whole picture, but that was a me mistake of like, oh yeah, we're going to town. Let me put my take my armor off and put common clothes on to blend in. But hindsight, bad idea. So like, there's a reason a... why we, when we watch other other D and D campaigns and, and we see or listen to the podcasts even of other D and D campaigns, why they use 
like disguise kits mm-hmm. and they use spells to to alter their appearance so that they're not constantly pulling on armor and pulling off armor so that you don't get stuck in a situation like that and I, like you said i think it worked really well for your character's benefit mm-hmm. To help us get to know who Torbjorn is, <laughs> and, it, and, it was, and it's things like that that make D and D D and D. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's those moments where it, it was pre it was pre written in the module that you would have an encounter the right before arriving. <laughs> And what does he do right before this is just about to happen? He announces he's taking his armor off. And I was just like, all right, well, this is a good time to learn. <laughs> you, didn't say, you, you didn't say anything. You're just like, okay, cool. He, he, he kind of smiled or yeah. smirked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you all did once. And the, the funny part to me is like, again, I uh, just naivety. And I said this earlier was the fact that like, oh, wait, is every piece of armor in action? Yes, it is. Cool. I know what I'm doing during this time. I'm staying in the back, putting my clothes back on. <laughs> so. Oh man. Uh, okay. Um, I have a uh, since this is our first podcast of of hopefully many many that we're gonna do. Um, I'm curious at who thinks their character will survive to the end. Oh, mine won't. <laughs> <laughs> no. I uh, I'd like yeah, to I, I would like to think he would, but again, not knowing what Strahd is and what's there, I that's my concern. Is like uh, the theoretically, if I play the fighter uh, the way it is, I'd be up with Tim in the front lines, and he's getting the shit knocked out of him, and like that's scary to me because you put yourself in harm's way a lot of the times to protect the rest of your people, but at the same time, like. I think it's a combination of me doing a wrong thing at the wrong time and uh, just, again, not knowing what I'm doing and just the way my character is created where he is, I've been saying the whole time, hits hard and is dumb, uh, plays into that, that if he were to make that one mistake, he could easily make that mistake that would cause him to die. So I would love Torbjorn to make it the whole way, but I don't think he is. (laughs) Man. That's, uh, I, I never thought about dying, you know, and that's not really something that crossed my mind. Um, well, now it did. Now it has. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> that's all right. Um, kind of crossing into this, the Strahd campaign. I'm, you know, there was a couple things that we did in Wolves. Um, gosh, that I didn't mention things that David told me in session zero that actually pertained to wolves and how we interacted with them. There was uh, stuff, and, and hopefully, and the thing, I'll, I'll be able to bring that up, but there's more, I guess, information, that cryptic information David gave me that um, gives me an idea of kind of what we're going into. Um, and on the one hand, it's got me thinking, you know, oh, um, this is going to be really cool from an RP standpoint based on my character and who he is. Uh, also very challenging from an RP standpoint based on who I am and, and my own shortcomings and trying to get into that character. Uh, but I think that's what puts me in the most danger of dying in this campaign is um, trying to walk that line of, of who Kosef is and what he will do. But I believe that if I die, it will be because I did something that Kosef would have done and that he'll... Um, he'll make a moral decision or something that says, I would rather die here than 
than you know not Literally not choose my own nature yeah. you know so that's cool so Nate? that's deep yeah. <laughs> Nate, are you surviving um probably not because I'm, <laughs> I'm a stupid elf um, <laughs> you're not though you have a very high wisdom that's yeah right. but naive i guess would be like that that kind of plays into the character that i have is just you're, not you're, really knowing a whole lot um you're young but you yeah. you've studied you you're book you you're intelligent you're book smart yeah hey with kai you'll be street smart maybe yeah i'm not gonna take off my uh my armor ah. like keegan you know and or or cut off legs of dead enemies so Although, I, maybe, maybe I should start with hands or something. I don't know. I want to no. point that out. So, I I was debating, because I thought, the, when I did that the first time for the wolf at the beginning, I was like, first of all, I didn't do anything during this battle. How can I just, like, you know, make myself the center of attention? Because that's the kind of player Torbjorn is, and me personally. I was like, what can I do to, like, make this funny? Because Torbjorn is very much a, like, doesn't, he likes to have fun. He, Torbjorn is very much in vain of how I am. And I'm sure you guys can tell based on some things you know about him already. He's very much how I am when it comes to just him just having a good time. And when I did that, I was like, okay, let me do this. And then then in the owlbear interaction, I was like, do I do it again? And I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And then the wolves interaction, I would have done it if we hadn't killed the first one. So, because it was just something that just kind of was like, it was a whim of the moment. But a, that was the first moment I think I had a Torbjorn moment. Where I was like, this is what he would have done in this moment because he would have taken it as a trophy. He's like, I did this. I own this. We be- yeah. we defeat this thing. This is mine. So Maybe yeah. just the paw next time, though. I don't know why I did the leg. <laughs> I did the leg because it was sitting next to me, I think, is what I was thinking. You could cut it right at the shoulder blade. But, you know, I... I, I it, it worked out. Maybe I, gave, I gave it to the... Oh, I didn't give the wolf. I still have the wolf. But I gave the owl bear to the wolves. And I'm sure... I assume they ate it. They didn't attack me, so that was cool. But... But yeah. I, okay. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, do you guys have anything else, any other questions for David about, about Session 1 or anything you guys have been curious about uh, during this? Because now's the time to do it before we head into the wonderful world of Strahd. Which is kind of scary to think about. I'm uh, I'm curious, David, when you knew I was going to get a horse, because that never came up. I don't remember that coming up in Session Zero. So then you were like, why don't you call your mount? And I was like, what Do are I you talking one? about? <laughs> I, that was an idea I had to make you aware of that maybe Joseph didn't teach you everything. Mm. Uh, and also something that I wanted I wanted you to have a more tangible experience with your abilities uh, because up till now of your experience you know you know where you're at and so I wanted you to have a little something that definitely said you are uh, being paid attention to well that was a really cool moment for me playing the game, and I, I was super surprised by it, and uh, I thought it was really cool for my character. And then just so you guys know, the horse is name is Glory, um, in honor of the song Gloria that's uh, that's 
the Blues play every time they win a and during our stream because and the, we found out the Blues had won game seven. Was that game, game seven. seven during the stream? So as you were giving me the horse, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Pat Maroon scored the goal, so it's going to be maroon in color. Ooh, nice. Oh, there you go. Very nice. Tying it back to so, to St. Louis. Yeah, that. It's actually something that's not in the rules anymore, but it's something that uh, I played Paladin in 4th edition, and you got it at a certain level. And uh, I was concerned with the upcoming things, uh, if how that affected it, so I wanted you to have it uh, now and know that you had it. Uh, I, when I originally dropped the hint... Uh, uh, to you, you just kind of accepted it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So he's not going to ask any questions about this. Okay, we'll just <laughs> my, my favorite Tim we'll quote is, roll, then. "Do I?" <laughs> it's like, well, no, I don't have a horse. Why would you say that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyways. That has been the Saved by the Roll podcast episode one. Thank you guys so much for hanging out tonight. Uh, we're hoping to do these every. Not every week, because that's not the right word. But every we're trying to do these after each session. Uh, we might combine sessions, depending on what happens. If it's if it's more exciting, more boring, whatever it may be. But we're hoping to have these so you can get a kind of the thought process and kind of stuff that we may not you not have seen or our thought process behind the decisions we made in certain aspects. And I think it's kind of cool to like as us as players to be like, why did you do that without obviously giving away backstory or whatever it may be? And I mean, like I said. For me personally, a lot of my decisions was me stumbling to figure out what the hell I was doing to figure out not to take my armor off. As I've learned, I will never take my armor off ever again unless I know for sure I need to take my armor off. So things like things like that. Um, but I I hope this is gonna be a fun campaign. I'm excited. I I don't want to speak for these guys. They can speak for themselves, obviously. But I I had a lot of fun playing session one. I had a lot of time when we did our our one and a half shot. It took two days. Took two sessions to do it, but I'm super excited to get into Strahd. I'm very scared to get into Strahd, which I think is making me even more excited to see what's in there. Um, I think we have a good group of people that are that are doing this. I think we have a good balance of characters. Um, I think we have a lot of good personalities here. So I want to thank uh, all you guys, obviously, for being part of the campaign with me and joining on this journey that is Level 2 Adventures. Uh, big shout out to David, as we said earlier, for... All the prep work he's put into this because he's put hours and hours and hours and hours and hours uh, to get this stuff set up. So thank you to that. Thank you to anybody who's out there watching this. Our next session, i got to pull up the date. I want to say it's the 20th, I believe. Uh, Yes, we will be going live at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on uh, May 20th. That will be the next session. I'm hoping to get this up uh, on YouTube here in the next couple days. Uh, You'll know if it's live. It's not. (laughs) Oops. Um, but thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. And as always, welcome to the second welcome level. To the second level. Bye. Bye.